last time on Oppressed by Sun, our heroes finally made it to Draroth's prison, defeated the high priestess that had imprisoned him. Mivy was offered the chance to take Draroth as a patron, and he happily accepted when Draroth promised him the power to fight back against the Illithid that haunt his dream. Now our heroes have returned to Shaloth Talir. Now that Draroth is back in the Astral Plane, our heroes have turned their attention to a new task bringing down the barrier that stands between this realm and all other realms of the multiverse, preventing souls from going home to the, to the land of twilight, and preventing travel between the paradise realm and Herrick Prime. Back in Shaloth's tower, our heroes discuss with the grateful high priestess what might be their next move. Episode 26, An Old Friend Returns. Shaloth is just reading a book and over by one of the staircases. Kind of wander up within ten feet and say, my lady. She like looks over the book and pushes her glasses up her nose and, and stares over them at you for a second and you see those uh, dark blue eyes that find this hunched, uh, sort of almost intentionally unkept way that she has about her. My lady, we are interested in our potential exit routes as well as information on whether you think Draroth is really gone or not. She looks at you, she squints a little bit, and she says, I'm afraid the draft will never really be gone. Would you happen to know where the Tower of the Blue Wizards is? Yes, I would. Uh, nice. Would you happen to be able to send me there? Just you? She sort of squints at you a little. Yeah, yes, I, I could say. I, I'm old friends at Palando. Oh, lovely. And then Argyle Bridge was the other one. I have dealt with the Argyles for generations of their short-lived kind. I feel like we should start the uh, getting the shipments of powder and the engineers. That's the thing. They're back at Argyle Bridge, so I mean... I think we... that would be our next step. Yeah. She seems more eager to meet with you than with the uh, other one. Good morning. I feel refreshed. Thank you. Ah, I'm very happy. And Deneb was, was, uh, took care of everything, I hope. Yes. Squeezy and I are both well-fed and well-ready to get on new adventures. Well, where, where can I take him? Well, uh, we're trying to decide what we'd like to come. Hopefully you have some information about the blight and how to stop it. Or the, do you the, know what The blight? You mean the, the, the wood elf control mechanism? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, very effective, isn't it? Yes, but how do we free the wood elves? I, I mean, as a half-elf myself, I, I would like to... She frowns at you, sort of, like, wrinkles all around her mouth, like, turn all scowly, stares at you and, like, takes off her glasses puts him back on and like re-examines you and says, why would I want to help them? What hell? Because everybody deserves to be. <laughs> Not those traitorous, genocidal bastards. Alright, well then, if that's not what we should be settling on next time. Our goal is that they can help us ally against uh, with us against the Senelves and help defeat the Senelves. I'm afraid your dream will be a big sweetie. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. I am powerless against those monsters. I'm sorry, but no idea how to... You don't want to know how to stop Well, I see the Wood Elves as allies. God awful son, they always have been thinking of time. Always, always untrustworthy. Never should have been with them. You're staring at the Bergerad you're getting this from the corner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the Neb, like, winks and nods you into the room. Yeah. Just hide right. behind, like, a little chair. Alright, so, so, Kadeem's behind the chair, like, whispering over you. You know, you know she can't hear you. 
At this point, Ms. Reem asks Asiwi if there's anything that she can give her as a sign of gratitude and respect. Not being the materialistic type, Asiwi thinks back on something of personal significance. Somebody took my loot as a child that was my mother's. The only thing I know of that was my parents. I can find it for you. Can you? Yes, you have a strong memory of it. I'm sure I can. I remember vaguely my parents playing to me and singing, and that was the only time I only memory I have of them and being happy as a child. Golden, very simple, and it has the markings of what I perceive to be our native language. As the seaweed closes her eyes, her mind drifts to a distant place. The loot that you remember exactly, and it's just in space for a moment, and then it materializes around it an entire and you see dirty, run-down, a stack of, of like, uh, scribbled-on papers in a corner, and a, uh, a, a burned-down wax candle, and, and uh, on the crummy little, but neatly kept, crummy little uh, desk, it, the loot is, like, over neatly on the side in a careful position. And then the image sort of swirls, and you can see, just for a second, roll a perception check, catch a fleeting glimpse out the window, of a of what looks like a forest. Thank you. Thank you for the insight. I will hopefully be, be able to. Well, I wish you luck, my lady. While Asiwi is enjoying a tender moment with Shalath, Mivi is pestering Shalath's assistant, Deneb Detal, to take him to 
a bar. Well, of course, I, I, I just uh, wish to uh, sample some of your finest alcohols. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, she, uh, she turns and leads you uh, to the stairs. Uh, but as you enter the stairs, you immediately exit the stairs on what appears to be another level of the building. You do not have to climb. You just appear, uh, you don't know where in the building, but it seems like you're in the same building, in a quiet den with several round tables, each of them filled with uh, female drow. There are a few male drow waiting tables. Uh, I'd like to sit down at a table with you. She looks up at you with a surprised look. Um, you ever seen a dwarf before? She just shakes her head, looks over at her friend. Her friend looks at her like, oh, I... <laughs> Do we know you? <laughs> I assume the high priestess is... She, they look over, they see the neb sort of glaring at them. And then they like, oh, of course. Welcome. And they look very put off. You don't know me, but you want to get to know me. <laughs> Why don't you buy me a drink? <laughs> uh, 19. One of them looks at the other one, and she and, and the other one says, smiles at you, and waves to one of the waiters. Uh, yes, uh, son, uh, give me your finest. She, like, waves him off, and he goes, hustles off to get something. Two. He comes back seconds later, like 30 seconds, and he's, like, out of breath. This young uh, male drow, he's carrying, like, almost shaking, like, focusing on carrying that bottle as he sets it on the table and then backs away. Yes, I open the bottle. Her friend, like, chatters her ear off in a language you know, and then she, like, waves her away, leaving the two of you alone. But all the drow here look uniquely beautiful. Um, but given your other interactions with drow, you think that to be not necessarily 100% accurate. Sips her wine. Uh, it's a it's a rich, sort of, uh, violet-colored wine. Shares a glass with you. So, uh, I tell her a few jokes. Okay. Lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, ask her if she's a, a priestess or if she's... I'm afraid I'm I'm merely a task leader, task force leader. I, my tasks, generally speaking, are accounting-related. That wine, that's not just alcohol. Like a hallucinatory oh. feeling. But you're able to sort of stay in control, but at the edges of your vision, you're seeing shit. No, isn't real. Stop that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you're in control still. She just sort of uh, just sort of sits there and sips hers and just sort of looks past you into the room. I want to order shots for us. Okay, so you flag down the waiter? <laughs> yes. And says, um, yes, of course. And he sort of whispers to you, he says, to cut your tongue. Well, what would you cheer to? Why, to an exciting evening, of course. And she clinks your glass. Okay, but once again, you feel like your body just wants to go limp, like loose. But you're just able to breathe, stay in control, keep focused on her. She seems to be look, look, watching you a little more carefully now. But she's, uh, but you're just, uh, you're still in control. Is, is my friend as you can as myself? Roll a perception check. The tongue, her tongue has a cut on it and it's bleeding slowly down. So I ask her if she's okay. Oh, of course. Nothing to worry about. Did you not follow the custom? What, what custom? Why, to cut your tongue, of course. Alright, let's try this again. This time I take the glass and I just slice it across my tongue. You notice that, you know what, you weren't noticing it before, but the eyes of all those people who are talking to each other and ignoring you, they're actually all looking over here as they're watching you, uh, in particular, and you and her, um, as the uh, blood now begins to trickle out of your uh, mouth in a similar fashion. Uh, roll a constitution save. But you're you're feeling okay. Um, so I ask this this elf what she does and what she can tell me about Shaloth. She says, well, Shaloth is the only of our, of our beautiful city's high priestesses that still follows the Lady in White, the one true ruler of the drow. Yes, all of us in the tower do. You know, proven quite hardy smiles at you. Should we finish these shots? You test my own constitution. <laughs> she says, I like it, and she 
cleans your glass. All right, she does too. You see that she starts. Her head is a little, a little cocked. You know what I mean? It's not straight, and then her eyes they seem to like drift off to the right, and then focus back, and then you're sensing that you're in better shape than her as blood continues to drip out of both sides of your mouth <laughs> and hers onto the table and it just sizzles onto the table well I should probably retire she, she seems just like loopy and like basically out of the conversation it's one too many I'm gonna call over a uh, uh-huh. one of the uh, male servants have them escort her nods at you lifts her and takes her away she as they pull her past she sort of grabs your arm and she says wanna come? uh yeah Okay, you go back up to her room. <laughs> Roll a constitution check. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it it goes well. <laughs> While Mibby is hooking up with the locals, Mumu is finding herself in a bit of an existential crisis. She feels herself being called toward a destiny that does not include her friend, at least not for now. In furtherance of this plan, she has a little heart-to-heart with Kadeem. So, been having this recurring compulsion to do a little uh, moon elf hike. I have had visions of a blue tower with blue wizards. I don't know if I told you the full story about how I got this guidance arrow, but um, my original moon elf tribe that I actually belonged to, rather than the one that tried to steal me into the Assassin's Guild, essentially saved me from the River of Souls that was leading told me that uh, a few different things. One, value friends. Also, two, follow the arrow. Uh, and they're very powerful divination wizards. So I'm thinking that I should probably follow the arrow. Um, however, it sounds as if this is a, a lot of training, a lot of study, a lot of, I don't know. They mentioned comeuppance, maturation, these sorts of things which I disagree that I need in any respect. Um, I'm perfectly good at killing people. Uh, but but they're telling me I need to go there. And I asked the priestess, and she said she could send me there. Uh, she said she was actually old friends with one of the wizards. So I may need to go do that. I don't disagree with that at all. After several days of rest and relaxation, our heroes prepare themselves to accompany Shaloth return to Mizrim's tower to gain information about how to bring down the barrier that divides their realm from the rest of the multiverse. Alright, so here's the plan, basically. We sneak in behind her through the teleportation circle. Then they're gonna go off to a room, which we can observe them leaving and exiting through that coin. And while, they go, while they're off doing that, we sneak into her study, ransack it, find whatever we can. But we be, can't be careful of the alarms. The plan goes off without a hitch, and they enter Mizrim's study where they begin to flip through the hundreds of books and poke around her desk. While poking around her desk, they find something locked behind a rune. Stand back. Uh, 25. Ooh. All right. You finally, you see it. You see it. There's a little bit of a light lavender rune, uh, like a scribbled shape. You recognize this shape as something that you saw in the sewer. You're able to, you're able to easily deface it, and it, the light just sort of fades suddenly. While Mumu was successfully disarming traps, Mivi was getting tired of how long this was taking and targets his ire at the main rune on the front of the desk. Okay. Yeah. Mivi is Dude, frustrated and very I'm... short patience and slams his fist into that who does not recognize. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? Why? What? No! Okay, roll in uh, dexterity saving. You take 25 points of damage. What kind of damage? Uh, six. Psychic. Oh. 
shockwaves your mind. It's like your brain is blown into the back of your head uh, by, by uh, like you're playing football. Um, oh, a six. Oh, yeah, you fall down stunned. Sweet. I'm going to take a look at that glyph and see if it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to still be there. No! The glyph still exists, that it can only be, uh, it can only be activated once in a while. This seems to block, like, a dimensional rift. Ruh row. Oh, this is where she keeps all of her hidden shit. Alright, I want to try, ever so gently, reaching my hand into the portal. You're going to reach your hand in? Kadeem is thinking that he wants to find this book that possesses all the information that this high priestess has on the barrier. As you reach into the portal, and think about the book that has all the information you need. You feel a book materializing your hand. Pull it out. It's a very gilded, uh, sort of fancily scripted tool. I think. Let's see, is there anything else in there, Kadeem? Sounds like a bag of holding. I think I need to know what I'm looking for. Perhaps a necklace, a useful necklace. Okay, you picture a red necklace, a uh, red jeweled necklace, and yes. a red jeweled necklace appears in your hand. Yes! Why does Can I stick just... my head in the hole? Yeah, yeah. What do I see? <laughs> it's only we... save. And you get inspiration for being awesome. <laughs> Alright, you feel, as soon as your head breaks the barrier, you feel your body being ripped into the hole. Um, and you, but you're able to catch your arms on the outside and hold off so and, and pop your head back out. What, what did I see on the other side? You saw on the other side an empty void that seemed endless. I would like to cast identify on the ball that we found okay. in the park. Uh, yes, that ball is a, that is a that is an orb of seeing. Uh, <gasps> anyone sitting at the desk can see everything in the room in its true form. I sit at the desk. Do we find anything in the room that would indicate why misery was enslaving? Yeah, if you're looking specifically for that, you find in her personal notes, um, which is in one section here. It seems that she has fallen in love with Duramin. Oh, I'll take a natural 20. A small book appears on top of the desk. Nice. Does it look, uh, trapped at all? Okay, take a look. It's like a notebook. It seems to have, uh, detailed plans for attacking barrier. Now we're talking. And it seems that draw-off is central to the plan. You guys have sort of, uh, gotten a little casual, and, uh, the door slams open. Ms. Reem, uh, strides into the, uh, office. Initiative. The door closes behind her, and it's not her that closes it. Mm -hmm. Leaps towards the chair. Lulu, are you in the chair? Yeah. I'm in the chair. Roll a wisdom save. Compelled to get out of the chair for a moment, you hear in your head a, a, a voice telling you, get out of the chair. But you're like, no, I don't have to get out of the chair if I don't want to. Can I see what closed the door since I'm in the chair? Uh, Shaloth Talir closed the door. I say, it's Shaloth. She betrayed us! Uh, she shouts, but the door is closed. And you see Shalath raise a wand in you guys' direction. I don't know, it was like, out of panic, I try and shield slam her into the uh, portal. Alright, roll an attack. Interesting. And, uh, and roll an attack. So as she's passing the, she's climbing up the stairs past the little uh, opening that you guys have opened, 23 is, is going to hit. Roll an opposed strength check. Nice. Uh, you plow into her and she crumples, just like folds in half. And you shove her into the portal, and she is just sucked in. <laughs> and Shalath immediately becomes visible. Was this your plan all along, Shalath? Shalath looks at you, pushes up her glasses. She says, well done, kids. Well done. <laughs> you sneaky, sneaky bastard. And she sits in the chair, she says, always wanted a second tower. How can I thank you? 
kind heroes. Either. I just want to point out which one of us had that ring. Me. I never doubted you, sweetheart. <laughs> she winks at you. You shouldn't. I can't believe how easy you made it. Hey, man. <laughs> pretty baller, dude. We're badass. Anytime you need some help with anything, you call us. I didn't even know about the internet. You didn't want to close that, by the way. <laughs> she, she, she climbs down there and she scratches out oh, the, no. the, uh, the glyph there and it seals. So many things in there. <laughs> One more important than all the others. Would you mind um, teleporting us to Argyle Bridge? While our heroes head to Argyle Bridge, Mumu declines to join them, choosing instead to follow her fate and venture to the Tower of the Blue Wizard. Before leaving her friends, she gives away all of the items she had pilfered and hoarded for months, even years, to the detriment of her allies and closest friends. Giving away all of her worldly possessions was Mumu's way of saying thank you, though the words never passed her lips. Abruptly, she left them, off to chase her own destiny. Perhaps we have not seen the last of the one they call the Prophecy. The rest of our heroes teleport to Argyle Bridge, where Argyle is very happy to see them. In their absence, Lloyd Argyle has been continuing his war against the Sun Elves. Many of his men have been captured, and he has learned that a prison caravan will pass by his plateau. Lloyd Argyle intends to free his captured men, and welcomes the help of our heroes. And, uh, and he says, Tonight's the night. We have word that they are passing through the Argyle Plateau. Very foolish of them, I would say as we shall travel the canyon and reach them quickly. All right. Are you sure it's not a trap? <sighs> Sounds like an ambush. We know they got tons of forces right up here. No matter if it is a trap or not, we have an invisible fae. He looks around. <laughs> Amongst Argyle's assembled allies are a number of prisoners freed by our heroes in previous adventures, as well as a pixie named Ismene. Currently, she is invisible. They send Ismene to scout the prison caravan. Alright, you, you buzz out the uh, the secret door. You notice that there are uh, Dwargar studiously watching the, the door. You fly down the canyon about uh, 20 minutes before you come across an obvious fire. A raging fire, if you will. Uh, as you fly out of the smoke a little bit down low, you see an, an, what used to be a fairly large encampment. And it is strewn with bodies. All of the bodies are missing limbs, or torsos, or both, and they have bites that have taken out of them, but they look like little bites that have shredded them apart. Down on the ground, an old friend named Israfel, a warlock in the service of the Lady in White, has brought an army from the Lady in White to help with this situation. Along with Israfel is a full-grown drider, a hulking monstrosity, half female drow, half giant spider, who follows him about like a puppy. Israfel, roll a perception check. You're, you've cleaned this mess up, and the Lady in White said that they should be coming, but you don't see anyone. Um, okay. This 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 situation's already been already been taken care of, and the Lady in White's army is already back back home. This this massacre was about twelve paladins, two clerics of high rank. And a, and a swarm of Dwargar, many of which were on the cliff faces nearby, but were overwhelmed by more than 400 of the uh, Redcaps. So, uh, Zyla, did the, uh, did the paladins have anything good on them? Yes, my liege, we have found many things. Wait, what we... She, like, hands... She holds up her arms with all this golden armor and these, like, uh, these uh, brilliant colored spears that have, like... Uh, she says, it is all garbage. 
<laughs> yep, more of this sun elf crap. All right, I put it in my... I recommend throwing it into the fire, my liege. Oh, we are throwing everything in the fire. Let's do it. Okay, well, then she just dumps it yeah, ceremoniously the, into, the... into the flames. Zyla, you're going to have trouble when the sun comes up, so... Yes, my liege, that's why we arrived now. We must leave before the sun comes up. All right, well, let's go find him then. I'm going to... I know where we are, right? Like, I... I... You know you're on Argyle Plateau. I'm on Argyle Plateau. I know the way to Argyle, so I'm going to head that way, slow and careful. Far above this grisly scene, the pixie is mean, watches in horror. You do see, heading towards you, a drider... A giant spider drow abomination carrying two glowing long swords and a drow. One sword and a a sword and a bow carrying drow. I will make sure I am safely out of range, and then I will cast message on this drow. Who that? Seventeen. Yeah, you recognize this voice. It's that it's a voice that of someone who you got along with a little better than most of your rest of your friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I control the voice that I answer? Is mean? Is that you? In is Raphael's voice? Is mean? And you see a pixie pop into view and buzz down towards you. Right. Is mean? I was not expecting you to be here, but I was expecting uh, some of our other mutual friends. Ah. So what happened here? Oh, um, uh, just running a little errand for some friends of mine. The, uh, the the white lady sent me here with her army. I was uh, I was here to clean up this mess. I heard you guys were in some trouble, so here I am. Uh, so are our mutual friends nearby? I heard they were. Yeah, they're here. All right. Um, uh, I don't suppose there's any two more Dwargar in the way. Well, uh, Zyla, you in the mood for some dwar- Dwargar? Yes, my liege. I love slaughter beasts. How many are we talking about? We don't have to slaughter them. So you guys make your way back. You're now standing at the bottom of the cliff where you know what the red cliff looms above where the where the Argyle mansion or the one Argyle castle once stood uh, before it was burned and salted into the ground by the uh, by the Sun Elf paladins. You know that it's here that you can enter the demiplane that is the Argyle bunker. His mean flies inside the bunker, past the Dwargar, and tells Lloyd Argyle and the assembled heroes of Israfel's arrival. Lloyd uh, comes and taps you, Kadeem, and Marion. He's like, uh, boys, uh, we need to go uh, outside for a minute and talk to uh, old friend of yours. <coughs> Not you. No. Seaweed, you want to come? Listen, I, I heard you guys were here and you were having trouble with uh, uh, the army up the street. Yeah, they captured a whole bunch of Argyle's men and we were going to go rescue them, so... Oh, sorry. What do you mean, what? The, everyone that was there is not there anymore. Did they have captives there? Had. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> you killed the Sun Elf paladins and the cat and the captive. You killed everyone who was there. We, yeah. <laughs> I put Why my hand. You captives. <laughs> I put my hand on Argyle's back. I'm sorry, dude. The sword is out. I didn't. I did not. Well, Argyle's great sword uh, is pulled, and he steps forward and roll initiative. You're at first. Okay. You see Lloyd step towards you with his sword out and, and uh, two hands on its hilt. So I'm putting, uh, yeah, I, I okay. like to put one you hand arm on it. Do I? No, no, just like on his chest to try to like hold back. Okay. Right. Lloyd, you really don't, you really don't want to do this. Going and the drider steps up behind you. Uh, that would be a 20 persuasion. He hesitates for a moment. But you and we don't agree with each other, but let's just chalk this up to 
casualties of war. We don't need to do this. It wasn't your men who were killed. It's mine. This demon creature... Devil. ...is a piece of shit, and I never liked him. Hey, I just killed the army that was bearing down on this place to help you guys. You I'm killed my army! You've already lost enough today. We don't need to lose more. Lloyd, buddy. Calm down, please. Shut up, Faye! Alright, I will cast Calm Emotions. He is now indifferent about Israfel. Now we have a minute to talk to him. So he puts his sword away and just stands there with his muscles all tensed and grumpy. I wink at it. I wink at his, as his mane. I'm like, well, I can see my help isn't appreciated here. So uh, if you guys want to come along, uh, I could use your help with something. What you got going on? Well, kind of on a timetable. Uh, if you guys are willing, I'd like to take you to see the Paradise Realm. I've got a little uh, quest I could use some help with. It should take just it should just take a few days, maybe. Does this quest involve uh, somehow hurting the Sun Elves? Well, indirectly. I trust Varian. I love hurting the Sun Elves. I really do. <laughs> this quest can definitely help us. Ah, oh, super. I this am. is this is definitely a gain some treasure and power and stuff we use later type of thing. Yeah, if it's something, some missile we can throw at those bastards. I mean, you've always been good that way, Israfel. It's good to see you, too. I'm gonna do that, like, really, like, the bro handshake. Yeah, buddy. Sorry again about your men. Uh, anyway. He shrugs indifferently. <laughs> cool. Later. <laughs> oh, you guys. Um, Israfel, I'm not a woman. So, you guys wanna, you guys wanna come along as well? I put my hand up my dagger. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, anyway, you're welcome to come. Uh, you know, magic treasures and stuff. Get the hell out of here. Uh, kind of on a time crunch. Fuck you, Mimi. He's not indifferent to you. Israfel Misty steps away onto the back of his faithful Drider. The Drider, who, by the way, I'm invisible and on his back right okay. now, turns and, and heads down. So he starts climbing down the mountain like uh, full speed? Yeah, and yeah. I I, uh, I use my... Yeah, I use, I use my, uh, my illusion to do a voice to the group and be like... If you guys are coming, let's go. And I, right. I'm, the driver I'm, just like st- just jumps off the cliff and just like runs down the cliff like a spider. We'll handle this. No, no, go back and protect your men. Damn it, Kaneem, This is the last time I listen to you. He like puts his sword away, walks back, and disappears into into the redstone. You, Why do we like this guy again? <laughs> I'm trying to be Israfel. You know, you know. I don't know if he killed all those people, you know, but uh, he's he's mixed up. You know, it's a warlock. Uh, there's a lot of collateral damage, but uh, his heart's more or less in the right place. Israfel and Varian stride off together, chatting about the Drider, whom Varian had last seen as a mere egg. Man, you know, in the uh, in the Paradise Room, these like Angus, like it's only been a couple years since I've seen you. She's already full. Look at her. A couple of years. Years. A couple, not... It's been like oh. two months. Really? <laughs> wait, okay. Um... I put down a rebellion. Oh, sh- well, shit, um, dude. Um, wait. How long have we gone? <laughs> we got shit to do. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. As we're walking back, mm-hmm. here's the deal, guys. Um, I've been in... I've been in the Paradise Realm that you guys, you guys know about. I've been working for the Queen. I've heard of a... Cool. I've heard of a place that uh, I'd like to go to. This place has lots of good, lots of good stuff. This is a, a ruin, a ruined city, and there's something there that I very much want. You can, you can handle getting us back to, I assume? Oh yeah. Alright. Turning to a seaweed, Israfel compliments her on her beautiful snake, Squeezy. Maybe if you're interested, I could, I could kill the snake and bond its soul to a weapon for you? <laughs> Don't touch far. my snake! Always, always good ideas. Fair yeah. enough. 
Um, I say, I, I, here's my. You thing. guys, you guys in? We're gonna need lots of powerful weapons to take on those here. Yes, so we are. We'll just take all the magical shit that we find, except for that sword. What is this weapon you're looking for? The short version is there was a drow queen a long time ago. She had this cool sword, and sword. Not interested, but... Let's go, let's go. We can get. I've got this bag I need to fill. While Varian and Israfel chat like old buddies, the rest of the group sits in somewhat uncomfortable silence until a purplish gate opens and they pass through. As you emerge through the portal, you find yourself knee deep, or in Mivy's case, thigh deep, in a stank, nasty bog. It is. It smells putrid, like that rotting vegetation smell that you get at like a stale pond where it none of the water never moves they, they seem to be weird oversized brown mushrooms and moss and weird fungi everywhere so with a 20 you see furtive figures hiding behind logs on both your left and right behind uh masses of, of uh, nasty fungus in front of you and behind some small bushes and trees uh, off to your right as well uh, there seems to be about six in total that you see. They move very quickly and are low down in the bog. A hissing sound like a, Who are you? We are on a special mission for the queen. If you attack us, we'll not show you mercy. Appearing in front of you, a few inches, is a spectral white creature in the shape of an elf. Imposter! Full initiative. So he uh, reaches out with, with spectral claws and attempts to swipe at you and misses. All right, well, I run over here and I, uh, I'm going to go Eldritch Blast on this guy. So uh, two Eldritch Blasts shoot out of your fingers and, and strike into the spectral creature. Pale, gaunt vampire spawn emerge all around our heroes and fall upon them like ravenous hyenas. It seems to be a elf-like figure. Uh, but it's it's not spectral. It's uh, it's physical. It's corporal, and it moves at unnatural speed. All right. So the moonbeam appears, lighting up the surrounding area as it uh, a beam of a pillar of blue light appears from the sky and, and, sw- and smashes down and singeing the nasty bog um, and the the spectral creature. I kind of chuckle. <laughs> And I thumb my uh, locket of stone skin. A swarm of ultra-quick creatures fall upon Israfel. Uh, 19 from one hit. Oh, ouch. He gets the hellish rebuke, I think. Okay. <laughs> 35 damage as these supernaturally fast creatures grow claws out of their hands and rake them across you, just making you like a checkerboard of cuts and... And uh, blood. All right. Well, whoever critted gets the uh, gets the hellish rebuke. Boom. Okay. How do you like that? Okay. So a, a wave of damage. fire after he just cuts you badly with uh, two claw attacks. The you, blood on his claws catches fire. Yes. And just yeah. engulfs his hands as he goes. <laughs> uh, now the the wraith goes and the wraith moves up to attack Kadeem. The first one was twenty one, and you are you are. Your permanent HP is permanently reduced by 21. 20 is uh, 24, and your permanent HP is reduced by 24. 24, So 45. Yikes. It throws its hand into your chest, pulls the life energy out of you. You can feel your body and your very life force shriveling, even as you watch him, as he says, yes. History. 
That's a 14. These are the army of the Duchess that once ruled these lands. I am going to cast Dissonant Whispers on the Wraith. That is enough to kill the Wraith as it suddenly starts talking to itself. What? No, this is right. Ah! It just sort of uh, dissipates and its cloud just poofs away. Varian pulls out the wand that he took off the dead body of his mother's lover and flashes a bolt of lightning. It catches the first one square in the back and jumps to the second one. Jumps at the third one and sort of half connects with the third one. Um, just burning them into smoking, nasty, uh, sinewy ruins. 55 damage is the most? Well, 1 to 55. The one that he hellish rebuked is at 74. That one is dead. One of them, the second one, just sort of fades into the muck. The body just sort of goes uh, soft as it as it blackens and a little puff of smoke emerges. Nasty smelling. Just fits the decor. Down he goes as he screams out, Mother, save us! Oh, and fades into the, uh, into the muck. She's not listening. Oh, she's so listening. Bad. On their turn, you hear a voice. Uh, and it says... How dare you come to domain and attack my soldiers? And uh, emerging from a mist shroud is a, a slumped uh, elven figure with dark features. She has piercing purple eyes. One shoulder, her right shoulder is like sort of lowered below the other shoulder. And, uh, but she moves with an unnatural speed. Ismene recognizes this as a vampire. Specifically, a very famous vampire, general of the of the late Duchess, uh, who ruled these lands. Uh, her name is Ranozu. She is a legendary vampire queen. Once served the queen. It's unclear where her loyalties lie now. I hear the cries of my children. Oh, I was wrong. And she attacks. <laughs> she moves at unnatural speed into Varian's face. After, after trying to bite you without grappling you, she's first going to grapple you. Uh-oh, you're in trouble, buddy. Escape check. Escape check. Uses her second action to slide behind you, Avarian, catch both of her arms in one arm, and pick you up out of the muck like you are just a ragdoll, um, and hold your neck to her to her teeth, and she whispers in your ear, My new child. All right, so Kadim, slash, slash. You're cutting and stabbing into this creature, and you realize... The wounds are sealing over even as you cut into into her. Ha! Razzie! Good to see ya! Um, just curious if you could avoid biting him. We're probably on the same side. This We're is, here for- This is Wood Elf! Here, here to serve, uh, I think you and I have a common master. Soon you will all have a common master. Me! <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a lovely person. Um, you. After he becomes my minion, you are next! On the attack that could have turned Varian into a vampire, the general critical misses. <laughs> she attempts to bite you with her legendary action and misses. Say what, you never chewed something before? <laughs> uh, well that's cute. Here's my trick. Uh, I swing Moonbeam over top of both of us. I cast Polymorph on myself and become a fire elemental while grappling this fire-taking damage bitch. I look over to you guys, uh, are you guys just hugging it out over there, or do you need help? <laughs> yep. There's like a sudden fire over there. You're not sure what's going on, but you are engaged with two, you know, unfazed vampires. In case you had noticed, I'm fighting, uh, 
monsters, plural, over here. With her meal suddenly ablaze, Razzie disengages and turns to scold Israfel. Our queen must not be disrespected this way. Then your guys should not have attacked us while we're on a mission for her. <laughs> she waves her hand, and these two just stand, stand down. She points at the dwarf. Prove your loyalty to our queen. Strike down the crusader. He is helping me on my mission. I won't strike him down while he's doing Strike it. him down, or I shall bring all of my children. Bring the children. Let's have a dance. I agree. I would... The lady would never work with a crusader. She points at the... Uh, the lady sends me on missions, and I work with who I want to work with. As she turns into a mist cloud... This whole bog is there's there's uh, there's a lingering nasty haze, and she sort of fades into it. Ismene, you now believe that the vampress serves the lady in white. Oh, Razzie, you are interfering with our mistress's mission, and I think you know that I work for her, and that this demon thing down here is telling you the truth. Do not attack the dwarf, or I will have to kill you. And after that, I will report you to the Lady in White. You sort of hear in your head a voice that says, The Lady would never work Crusader. Fine, I will cast Sending to the Lady in White. Call off your vampire. We're trying to accomplish the mission. And you hear back in your head, you hear, I will. Immediately, the vampire becomes visible, right next to the dwarf. There she is, get her. She looks up at you, Ismene, and she says, I offer oh, no. you this gift as an apology. She breaks a chain around her neck and holds up a small cue up in the air, just in your vague general direction. Ismene flies down there and gets it. Okay, Ismene, you fly down there and you pick up what seems to be a, a, like a strange grayish uh, cube with the runes on each side of the cube. Use this to enter... The Duchess's chamber. She hands it to you. Thank you, milady. I presume you will be taking your leave and your spawn now. She waves her hand and these two just bolt. Finally, Israfel makes his long-awaited return and drags the party into a bog in the so-called Paradise Realm, ruled by vampires and their spawn. Let's hope the loot is worth the trouble. Next time on Oppressed by Sun, we finally get to the bottom of this dungeon, and we end Season 1 with a grand finale befitting the time spent and the stories told. Join us next time for the ultimate and final episode of Season 1. As always, you can find us on OppressedbySun.com, which I promise I will be updating soon. Thanks for listening. See ya.